Hi, welcome to the TexasInheritance.com's podcast about inheritance issues in Texas. Today we're going to talk about the requirements for signing or executing a will in Texas. I am Robert Ray, a Texas attorney who handles litigation involving inheritance disputes. I am board certified by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization in Personal Injury Trial Law. My principal office is in Lantana, Texas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but I handle cases all over Texas. I produce these podcasts to briefly discuss current topics about Texas inheritance issues. Wills are sometimes contested because of a problem in the way the will was signed. This is often referred to as the execution of the will. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the very basic requirements of executing a will in Texas. Then we will discuss what problems arise from executing those wills. First, a little background. As most of you know, our law is based on the common law of England. Common law of England was judge-made law. The judge would hear a case, and then he would review past decisions to see what other courts had ruled in similar situations. And if he found one, then he would use that as precedent and rule a similar way. If he couldn't find one, then he would make the best ruling he could, and then that decision would be precedent for future cases. Now, the common law had many uh, rules, and one of the rules was that any statute that was passed by the House of Commons was to be strictly construed. So what does that have to do with what we're talking about? Well, under the common law, you were not entitled to inherit. There was no inheritance. So when the House of Commons passed the Statute of Wills. Uh, that was in derogation of the common law's rule that you didn't inherit. So it was the Statute of Will was construed strictly. Now that idea that the Statute of Wills is construed uh, strictly construed has passed down to us and is still a viable uh, legal principle in all states. So. Let's talk about the statute in Texas, again, that's going to be strictly construed about the proper signing or execution of wills, because substantial compliance will not work. It has to be exactly like the statute says. So the requirements under the statute are that the will must be signed by the testator in person or by another person under his direction and in his presence. Number two, The will must be attested by two or more credible witnesses who were at least 14 years of age. And three, the witnesses must subscribe their names to the will in their own handwriting and in the presence of the testator. As you can see, there's no requirement that a will be notarized. And you may say, hey, wait a minute. I signed my will at my lawyer's office and there was a notary there. And she signed the will. Well, she didn't actually sign the will. She signed what's called a self-proving affidavit, uh, which is attached to the will, but it's not part of the will. The will is the part that gives the property away. So she did not notarize your will. She notarized the self-proving affidavit. So let's talk about problems that may arise. The first one is a signed by the testator. What does that mean? Well, a mark initials, even a rubber stamp, may be sufficient 
as long as the testator acknowledges it as his signature. The testator's signature does not need to be in his own handwriting. The signature can even be signed by a third person, as long as the testator requests that person to sign his signature. There was one case where the testator was old and feeble and was struggling to sign his will. His wife said, here, I will help you with that, and then guided his hand. The court held that this, that, that was not the testator's signature since he did not initiate the request for help signing his name. But if the testator had asked his wife to help, that may have been a good signature. So what does attested and subscribed by two credible witnesses mean? Attestation of a will consists in the act of witnessing the performance of the statutory requirements to a valid execution. This is done by the witnesses signing their names to the instrument in the presence of the testator. Texas cases indicate that the testator need not sign the will in the presence of the witnesses, but the witnesses must sign the will in the presence of the testator. Of course, the better practice is to have all of them sign the will in the presence of each other and at the same time. A will may be attested to by two credible witnesses. Credible witnesses means they do not have any monetary interest in the will, so a beneficiary under the will cannot be a witness to a will because they have a monetary interest in the will. The witnesses must sign in the presence of the testator. What if the witnesses are in another room? Well, that may depend on what room they're in. If they're in the room next door, and if, let's say, the testator is old and feeble and is in bed, if he can raise up and look into that room and see the witnesses, then that's probably good enough. But if they're like in the front room and the testator is in the back room where he can't raise up and see them, then that's probably not signed in the presence of the testator and would not be proper execution. Can the witnesses sign the will after the testator? Probably, as long as the testator is present when they sign it. All right. In this episode, we have briefly discussed the requirements for executing a will in Texas and some problems with that execution that may lead to a will contest. Every fact situation is different. You may have inheritance rights that you lose because of inaction. Whether you are contesting a will or trying to uphold a will, moving quickly without delay is the best way to proceed. This podcast is not legal advice. These podcasts should not be considered as or as a substitute for legal advice, and they are not intended to, nor do they create an attorney-client relationship. This is about Texas law, so other states' laws may be different. Every case has different facts which determine what rights people have. You should not take or refrain from taking any action based on this podcast. You should discuss your situation with your attorney to see what rights you have based on the facts of your situation. Visit our website at texasinheritance.com for more information. We appreciate you listening, and if you find that this is helpful, please like us or share it with your friends and family that may also find it useful. If there is a topic relating to inheritance disputes that you would like to hear, email me at robert at texasinheritance.com. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.